welcome to a quick Conversations of Change podcast with Dr. Jen Fram. We have a change chat with one of the leaders in the change management field. Hello, everybody. It's Dr. Jen Fram, and I'm back again with our change chat. Um, so, for those of you who heard the last change chat, you will know that this is a part two of our change chat. Um, because in the last change chat, I had the great pleasure of talking to the change agent extraordinaire, Celine Schillinger. Celine, welcome back. Thank you, Jen. Hello. <laughs> and for those uh, who may not have caught up, we I knew in the lead up of talking to Celine that I was going to want to talk more because this, this woman has so many extraordinary achievements and is an amazing storyteller. What I did not know at the time of interviewing her was that two nights later she was going to be awarded the French National Order of Merit. So, um, firstly, congratulations, Celine. That is such a wonderful acknowledgement of, of your superpowers, you know. Um, and <laughs> so for the listeners, we're, we're going we're gonna to get into that, unpack that a little bit more and a couple of other themes that I really wanted to pick up with Celine. Now, for those of you that are new to the podcast, uh, you may have come via some of Celine's networks. These, these are podcasts um, that I've been doing for just over a year now, and for me it's really purpose-driven. I don't believe that change in the workplace has to be so hard or so difficult, but I acknowledge that it can be complex and confusing. Um, and so what I seek to do in these podcasts is shine a light on great change thinkers and people who operate in change practice. It would also be remiss of me not to tell you who are new to the podcast um, that the you can find interviews with the previous podcast guests in my new book, Conversations of Change, A Guide to Implementing Workplace Change. So um, for those of you who are not familiar with that, that's available on Amazon, Kindle, or my website, conversationsofchange.com.au. But enough with this. <laughs> And um, yep. oh, thank you, Celine. Thank you. So anyway, look, that's enough of the uh, the spammy self promotion there. Um, but I couldn't miss the opportunity, really. Celine, let's have a change chat. So with pleasure, love that. <laughs> so French or National Order of Merit. Tell us about it. Um, tell us about receiving the letter that told you you were going to get it. Tell us about right. what you were acknowledged for with that. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. So I got this letter um, back in May announcing that I had been um, promoted to with this distinction. And I thought it was a mistake because um, <laughs> they didn't say my name in the letter. They just said, you know, congratulations. And, and I thought, oh, my God, it's so embarrassing. They made a mistake. <laughs> I, it's not me. I mean, it can't be. Uh, I don't deserve that. And um, and so I, I, I sought, yeah, like I really Googled, you know, I sought for information before responding because I didn't want to, you know, embarrass them in return. And, and then I realized that, no, it was actually me. <laughs> and, uh, and I got uh, recognized for my engagement for diversity in the workplace and beyond. 
that is a work that started in 2011 uh, and that, that got a few uh, rewards already, but that really uh, led me to a point where I, I couldn't imagine before because that was really the, the place where I started. I experimented uh, mobilizing people around a common purpose, actually gathering people. Um, enabling them to connect against some, uh, around something that they believe in. So it's not me you know, spreading my ideas onto people. It's actually um, unleashing or catalyzing a, a, a movement of people who realize they believe in the same thing and that making them unite around this perception, this awareness that they have something in common, actually gives them strength, a feeling that they are not isolated in this belief. And strength is a conduit to action. Mm. And that's, uh, that, that has been my, um, my way of conducting change so far. And I have been like extremely surprised, but of course, very, very honored and extremely glad to be uh, recognized by, this, uh, by my country for these efforts for diversity. So, and I'm, I'm overwhelmed with gratitude, you know, for all the positive feedbacks and, and congrats coming from all over the place. Uh, and it's, it's, it's really fantastic. It's not, it hasn't been a lonely change path. On the contrary, it's been a totally collective change path from the beginning. So I feel this recognition is really um, the recognition of all of those who have you know, join me and supporting me and, and enabled me by their thoughts and ideas to make this happen. It's just, uh, it's just incredible. And I think um, I did get to witness um, your community, the joy and um, the thrill that it gave your community. Because I, th I think it's when you say that before that it, it is a collective journey for you. Um, I totally recognise that from the perspective of um, you are so inclusive. And so it was a beautiful thing to see. It, it almost felt like your your recognition was shared by so many um, with sheer joy. Now, just a, a point of clarification, this diversity program and, and transformation that you drove was within a corporate environment. This was within your company? It was, yes. It started as a grassroots movement mm. and um, it, it, it grew organically up to a point where we believed that the organization was mature enough for it to handle the topic. And so we, we, we handed over, you know, the diversity uh, responsibility to the organization. And then it didn't, like, meet our... It didn't go as fast as we would have liked. Mm. We realized that uh, we we had maybe handed over too early, or I the company was maybe not mature enough, had not evolved as as quickly as we we thought uh, it would. So it didn't really succeed, or it succeeds mm. much later. But it was a fantastic experiment for us realizing that we have more power than we think yes um, when we gather around this uh, something that's really important for us that really uh, raises uh, passion and energy 
and that there are possibilities to self-organize without a boss, without a roadmap, uh, leveraging social technology, of course, because that enables you know, fast and, and wider scale connections and, and therefore a bigger mix of ideas and more diversity in the thinking. So that's very rich. And um, so it was a very initial experiment where we learned a lot of skills and we connected. And connection yeah. in itself is, um, is an amazing tool and, and skill set mm. to enable that enables us to do something to yeah, drive more change afterwards. So speaking of driving change afterwards, one of the things that I flagged in our last chat was that I was keen to talk to you about um, was the notion of change that matters. So um, change that matters is a phrase that's uh, started to be used more by change practitioners who have got an interest in working with change initiatives that have a social impact. Um, so not so much the, the profit driver or uh, the employee well-being, but something that's broader out into the community. And you have a pretty impressive story to tell about that, and uh, it's in your TEDx talk. But can you tell us about what you learnt out of the diversity program um, and how you then used that with the, the social impact piece? Yes, of course. So the, in this diversity movement, we learned the power of engagement, um, having people come because they want it, and and shifting from collectively from a mindset where we are passive. You know, we we are. Um, we absorb what happens and, and we, we, we complain or criticize or do nothing. Or, and shifting from there to a mindset where we are in action. That's why I speak about activists. We yes. take action. Um, shifting from passivity to action. And that goes through awareness in the middle. Uh, and, and through those connections and, and, and collective empowerment, being able to drive value, to drive uh, strategic change to an agenda is, is exhilarating. It's absolutely amazing. So I remember at some point someone telling me, oh, yeah, but, you know, your diversity thing, it works because no one can be against diversity. Uh, it's too, you know, it's too politically correct. And, and I said, no, that's not the point. It's not because of the topic. It's because of the way it works. It's because of this engagement mechanism in a way it's because you you don't push things on people you pull people together around something and not to discuss but to actually do something to produce tangible results and i think that is really motivating people you know you don't gather people for you know chit chat uh, for for a long time but you do engage them for action where they see the results of what they do and that's that series of, of learning, I applied them to a business-related topic uh, in order to, um, because I was, I was sure it would work. I knew it would work. And, uh, and I advocated for the company to let me try to do that. They finally accepted. And guess what? It worked. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the business problem was, what was the, the business problem? 
So the recent problem was we were about to launch a, a product, a new vaccine against a disease. There was no other vaccine existing against the disease. It was the first ever vaccine to be launched against a disease after 20 years of research. Big, very high stakes for public health, very high stakes for the business, uh, a very important launch. And we were about to launch a we had prepared a very traditional marketing strategy uh, that was not bad, but that was lacking the pool component. It was very much a push approach um, where we had targeted, you know, um, markets or, or groups of people and we were about to push messages to them. And instead of that, or in complement to that, uh, I organized a, a movement where I, um, enabled the activists on the field to gather and connect and exchange ideas, and in order to bro to shift the ecosystem from a a passive and scared mindset to an active and and uh, you know shifting this this mindset this ecosystem into an, an activist mode where people are not afraid of the disease they fight against the disease and they fight together and since they're together they got better knowledge they got more more resources more tools more ideas and therefore we can make a bigger impact wow that um, there's so many themes in that that you've just explained and, and told that I, I want to pick up on and I love. You know, I'm I'm a huge advocate of action. Um, and whilst I appreciate the power of consultation, I feel that if you can consult with action, um, you, you move into a space of experimentation uh, and you create momentum and the feedback that you get from those actions then informs the next round of consultation and it's such a more powerful way of creating change um, and gaining momentum. I think um, I also loved what I heard about you talking about redefining the change agent as the change activist, um, which, you know, it, it, I think I've got, I've got 10, 10 roles that I define in my book and now I'm like, oh, now I've got to create, I've got to do a second edition to cover the change activist. <laughs> but I hear you're very purpose-driven. I hear you're you you are looking for meaningful change. You're already an activist. Maybe it covers the whole thing. Yeah. We're going to change the LinkedIn profile now and, and put change activist up front. Um, so look, there's there's lots in there, and again, I think we could talk for another twenty minutes on that particular program. But I'm going to direct the listeners to the TEDx talk uh, where you explain in more detail how you achieved that with those communities because it's wonderful. It's a it's a wonderful view. Um, there was something else that you just spoke about, um, and you mentioned having having to have courage uh, as part or the 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 protection or the safety that is involved with community, um, which then implies that there is certain courage required to do this kind of work. Now, recently you went on a, uh, a courage camp, Camp Courage, with our fellow change agent extraordinaire, Lois Kelly, from the Change Agents Worldwide Network. Um, you've written a beautiful blog post on that. Can you 
provide us with your thoughts around courage and change. What is the relationship between courage and change? I think it takes courage to change, but you need to realize that courage is not a superpower that only a few people have. Courage is actually everywhere. Anyone has courage. Courage is, um, can be really small, can be really tiny actions. But I think more than that, more than tiny actions, courage is probably self-awareness. And it starts with self-awareness and being able to realize our responsibilities. What, what if we never say anything and just complain about things that don't work? We become complicit. We, we let the system you know, break people or break the planet or, or whatever. At some point, it is our responsibility to, to do something about that. But it takes also, um, I think, if you, if you take a, um, a, an approach that is uh, going against, uh, if you consider change as, as fighting against, as being you know, hard and tough, and you, you'll never get a lot done. On the contrary, if you take courage as the courage to embrace more ideas, to the courage to forget a little bit your own ego and join forces with other people, the courage to uh, maybe go into a direction that was not that is not the one you had in the originally, the courage to revisit your own <laughs> perception and ideas. Um, so I think this is this is what I would define as courage. It's it's an inclusive and loving um, skill set or attitude that helps um, you and others change the way things work because they don't work well enough, or or they work well enough but for a small group of people, and and this way is not sustainable. We can't have systems that work well only for a small group of people. Mm. We, need, we need more people to be on board of the change of, of um, having a good you know, experience at work, having a good life. And um, that's something really important for me um, to realize that the privileges I have as a, as a Western per person, you know, born in a peaceful country, um, having received a good education, you know, from, from loving parents and so on. This gives me a, a responsibility to act um, not on behalf, but with the people who have less opportunities and who have less uh, privileges. So I think that's, that's the courage uh, that we need. And I find it so widespread. I find courage everywhere in the organization. It's, it's funny to realize that um, top leaders often believe they are the most courageous <laughs> because they are the top and, and, and they believe the more successful you are, the more you believe you deserve your success. And, and then they tend to see the other people as, uh, as lacking courage or you know, not being as brave as them. 
and I, I, I find it totally untrue. And uh, so what I'm trying to do is um, contribute to a more inclusive change. And I think it's more successful and more sustainable. That um, was profoundly inspiring, Celine. Thank you. Thank you for what you just shared. Um, you probably shone a light on courage in a more nuanced and accessible way than, than I probably ever considered. Um, and you made me realise as you were talking that often I see courage um, in a much more blunt and binary fashion. Um, you either have it or you don't. Um, and courage is this big thing, whereas what you've said is that, you know, if, if my understanding of what you've said is that it is everywhere and it's little and, it, and it's accessible to everybody. Um, and how powerful is that? So, wow. Okay. I'm, I'm almost lacking in where to go next, but there, that would be rare, so uh, I'll push on. Um, now, one of the, the things that has been a foundation to your success uh, with change is the use of social collaboration tools uh, as a way of harnessing community. Can you tell us, I think this is one area that a lot of the change practitioners are struggling with is whether it's how do we use so, uh, social media, how do we use technology, what's, what's been your experience in using social technologies and you've just contributed to a really... Oh, it's a shame this is a podcast and not a video blog because then I could show everybody the book that you've just come out with as well. So I'll put that link in, in the blog post. But, yes, your experience with social technologies, can you share a little bit of, of that? I, I was absolutely not an early adopter. I, I knew nothing about social technology a few years back, and it's because we had this this purpose of driving diversity agenda and, and getting people on board and exchanging ideas in the company that we searched for tools that would enable us to communicate. And we found that um, internal social network named Yammer. And I realized that it was really use, easy to use, very user-friendly. And so I started to pull that, realize it was amazing. And from there, it led me to exploring external social networks, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, whatever, which I then put to use with the, um, the, the Dengue project. It's been absolutely transformative. And um, I realize now what I didn't realize before. <laughs> and um, the power of uh, bringing people together across hierarchies, across sites, across languages. For example, Yammer that we use a lot for the quality project right now has this amazing translation feature. You just click a button and, and the post is, is translated in your native language. So for, for people who don't speak a foreign language, this is, this is amazing. That means collaboration is made accessible to all. It's mobile, it's really easy. It's, um, so for me, uh, it's uh, the social technologies have become um, as useful as I don't know electricity or, or phones. It's uh, when I hear there are still debates around the ROI of social technology, I'm I'm almost fainting. It's, it's I can't believe that it's it's so necessary, and and yet it's still see I. 
I don't know, it will take a bit of time still, but um, some people see the technology part as still a little bit overwhelming and yeah. they, they haven't made way to those new way of working because it challenges a lot of things, you know, power status, um, those kind of things. But really, when you are into it, you don't go back. It's impossible. It's, <laughs> it is so, so, so powerful. I'm doing some work in a company at the moment which doesn't have any social collaboration tools. And to your point, like, to go back to a world without social collaboration, it makes change really difficult, right? Um, it's it's a big tool. And your comment on the return on investment of social media, um, I had the pleasure of, of working with David Mim and Scott uh gee whiz um close to to nine years ago um and so david is online marketing uh expert uh, and has written numerous books and when somebody would ask him the question on what's the roi on social media he'd be like well what's the roi of putting your pants on every day it's just what you've got to do <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and that's that's stuck with me um, ever since. So I, I feel like I'm working in an organisation with my pants down. Like, <laughs> totally. um, and it, it's way more than just accelerating change and uh, I mean connections and getting people closer. It's really transformative. Yeah. In the way we do business and. Mm. Um, what we have uh, used a lot in our quality transformation project is uh, this internal social network as a backbone for conversation, of course, for people to exchange ideas. And, but m way more than that, I would say it's, it's an enabler for people to uh, realize that they belong to a broader community than their own you know, manufacturing building or their own production site or their own country or, or function. It's, it's a visual through pictures, through uh, emojis, through um, fun posts, you realize you are part of a human community and the, the, the human side, the human element that you inject in the system make people more willing to 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 help one another to care that's really the essence of our work is not to my current work here is not to improve quality is is really to create a community of humans who care for one another mm. and social media is indispensable to this oh that's awesome awesome so a true a true gift uh for those change practitioners out there currently wondering about how they use social media um if i don't think i could provide a more compelling account of why you should um out of that so celine we have come to the end of our change chat um I cannot express my gratitude enough uh, for your time and your wisdom in, in what you have shared. You are truly inspirational to the world of, of change agents out there. Um, and so I don't take it for granted that you've given your time to, to share this with our listeners. Celine, thanks so much for being on the chat. Thank you, Jen, for the opportunity. It's been great to talk with you.
If you enjoyed this change chat, then do share with your colleagues and friends. You can find more at conversationsofchange.com.au, at Jen Fram on Twitter, or Conversations of Change on the Facebook.